So as we've been going through this series called Following Jesus, we've, you know, in the last two weeks looked at a couple of different invitations that, that Jesus offers to us. The first being the invitation to just come and see who Jesus is. And the second invitation where he simply just says, well, follow me. And so we have those invitations where we have to make a choice. Are we going to come and see Jesus? And then are we going to follow him? And, you know, as we try to follow Jesus, there's, a really, there's still another important question that at least I ask myself quite often. And maybe, maybe you ask yourself this question too. And that question is, am I a good Christian? Like, am I, am I doing a good job? Like, am I, am I doing enough? Am I doing the right things? Um, maybe sometimes you ask yourself, like, am I being faithful? Am I pre- being productive? Am I being effective? You just kind of wonder. Like, am I doing everything that I should be doing? And so I wonder if there's some of the commands of Jesus that could help us with this, with this question and understanding if we're really doing a good job or, you know, how, how are we doing? So I don't know. I can't think of a better place to go than maybe one of the best commands of Jesus that we, we all think of quite often called the Great Commission at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, goes like this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, that verse right there gives you some great marching orders. It gives you some great verbs. You can make a really nice to-do list from that passage. I know some of you, you love a good to-do list and just start checking stuff off as you go through the day. And so you've got, you know, you've got great stuff in here. You've got verbs like go, make disciples, baptize, teach. You've got all those great verbs like, all right, clear instructions. Because I know a lot of you just ask, well, Justin, what are we supposed to do? Just tell us what to do. And so Jesus is very clear. Here's what you do. Like, okay, that's clear. That's great. But sometimes we focus so much on what's in the middle of these verses that we forget how Jesus begins and ends the command. Because he starts with, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he ends with, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So in this command, yes, Jesus gives us some things to do. He gives us the command to go. But he also gives us a command to be. So the middle tells us, here's what you do. You go, you make disciples, you baptize. That's what you do. But he starts and ends it with, but here's who you are. I just need you to be. And he says, I have been given all the authority, and surely I'm with you always. It's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Because that, you know, let's be honest, that has very little to do with you. The fact that Jesus has all the authority, and he's always with you. It's like, well, how does that impact all these things that we do? Because it's easy to measure how you're doing with the middle of the Great Commission, it's kind of hard to measure how you're doing with the start and the end of the Great Commission. Because how, how do you measure the authority of Jesus? And how do you measure him always being with you in light of your own abilities of being a Christian? And, and we love our lists. We love to be efficient. 
And trust me, you can go right now, if you were to hop on Amazon, if you're feeling like, I don't, ah, I feel like maybe what I'm not doing well is, let's say it's evangelism. You could hop on Amazon, you could find all kinds of books about evangelism, and they'll promise you, hey, here's some effective methods that'll, that'll help you reach more people and, and convince more people and, and do this and do that. You can find YouTube videos and master classes to watch online about here's how you can increase your abilities, here's how you can see your, your fruit as a Christian increase. You can get better results. And okay, maybe that's helpful. But how do you measure the impact of Jesus having all the authority and him always being with you? See, the reason I, I called this sermon Go and Be is because some of us, we really love knowing what to do, but we're really bad at knowing just how to be, just to rest in the presence of God. And some of us, we love to rest in the presence of God, but we, have, we don't really know what, what we're doing or what we should do. But we actually need both. And so let me, let me kind of describe this to you with, with a picture. If I was to place doing, or in this case, going on one side of the line and being on the other side of the line. And if we were to go all the way to the extreme of going or doing, right, if we were to go all the way over there to that extreme, you're in the danger of workaholism and legalism. Because you'll think it's all on you. It's all up to you. It's all about what you can do, what you can accomplish. Jesus gave us these commands. I've got to be obedient. I've got to go. And then you start to feel really bad when you're like, well, I don't feel like I've really, you know, I don't feel like I've done enough. I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And so you feel, well, I've got to do more, and I need better methods, and I need better systems, and maybe if I work harder and try harder, and it's all up to me, and I don't know if I can do this. And then along with that, you can drift into legalism, which is creating a higher standard that Jesus never gave us. Because you're looking at all the things to do, and you're looking at all those rules, and you're thinking, well, gosh, I... Got to make sure I don't do this and don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. And then it's easy just to start adding some rules. And it's hard to, you know, it's really hard to tell other people what to do. So, well, instead of you getting in trouble for this, I'll make some more rules. So that way you can break my rules and not God's rules. And maybe that's a little better. And so we become very addicted to our work and we can become very legalistic. And we'll never say no. We'll never have boundaries, we'll, live, we'll put ourselves under an invisible standard that doesn't actually exist because we just feel so bad, like we're, not, we're just not doing enough. But if you go all the way to the other side, you can become passive and relative. And what I mean by that is you get, you, you just like, well, you know, I'm a child of God, I'm a Christian, nobody can take that away from me, nothing, you know, I'm good, so I don't really need to do anything, right? You lean on a truth, that, which is true, which is God has saved us, and nothing you can do will earn that, nothing you can do will change that, but you just, you just only sit in that truth. So both of these, you take a truth of Scripture and you put it in isolation, and you don't consider the bigger picture. And so on the side of being, you think, ah, I don't need to do anything, like, I'm a child of God, I'm good. And you ignore the fact that Jesus did give us some things to do. He did give us some instructions. And what the Bible does quite often, and, and what we have to be careful of, is going to either extreme. Because one side we can become workaholics, we become legalistic. The other side we get really passive and, and even, you know, relative in the sense of we love to say, come as you are, but we don't say Jesus loves you too much 
to not leave you as you are. Like we just, you know, on the legalistic side, there's this high standard Jesus never gave us. And on the relative side, we just kind of forget there is some kind of standard. And we just kind of fall onto either of these traps. But what we need to do is find a place more towards the middle, which is what Scripture actually does so often. In fact, you know, I could give you an example from just about any book of the Bible, any New Testament letter. Uh, I'll just give you an example from 1 Peter. Look how, this is how Peter starts his letter. He says, To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And you might say, okay, well, what does Peter mean by to God's elect and exiles? That sure sounds like identity, like a label. That's who you are. Well, you read the letter of 1 Peter, and he's going to tell you. Here's what it means to be God's elect and to be God's exiles, scattered. He's going to tell you what that means, and he's going to give you some things to do. But if you were to just read 1 Peter and forget that he started with to God's elect, to God's exiles, you would get really depressed reading 1 Peter. Because 1 Peter is hard. He describes a very difficult world, a very unfair world towards Christians. He describes persecution and suffering, and he just says, you just got to keep suffering. And so if you just focus on all the commands in 1 Peter without remembering who you are, it'll be really, really tough. But if you just were to stop at this verse, you'd be like, well, I don't, what, what do we do? I'm not sure what we do. What does that look like? And scripture does this all the time. They The Bible tells us in so many ways, he tells us who we are and then what we should do. And so what we do and who we are always stay together. They flow in and out of one another. Uh, There's another passage where Jesus really talks about this idea. And I I mentioned it, you know, in last week's sermon, but it's John chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. And what Jesus talks to us about here is that we can't do this by ourselves. And Jesus says, if you you don't stay connected to me, you can't do anything. But if you stay connected to me, the production will take care of itself. You won't, you won't be able to help yourself. You'll, you'll just bear fruit because you're connected to me. And, you know, I think it's funny that he, you know, he goes on, and Jesus talks about, you know, you can be a branch or you can be a stick. And what do you, what do, you do with sticks? I mean, after those really bad windstorms a couple months ago, what did you do with all the random sticks in your yard? You didn't say, kids, grab the duct tape. We've got to get all these back up on the trees and secure them. No, you didn't say, hey, let's, let's bring them inside, let's put them all in little pots, and maybe if we just take really good care of them, next year they'll be strong enough that we can go put them out in the yard and we'll have new trees. No, like they're, they're sticks. So you gathered them up to put in your fire pit or a burn pile, or you called you know, your favorite lawn service and said, hey, I've got a bunch of sticks, can you come pick them up, please? Or you're like, great, I've got a whole tree down in my yard. It's just a giant stick now, that's all it is. And so you can choose to be a stick or you can be a branch. And a branch just produces fruit just because it's connected to the rest of the tree. And a stick is a stick because it's not. And see, some of us, 
We really, really care a whole lot about what do we do, what do we do, what do we do, and we forget Jesus says, well, if you're connected to me, you won't be able to help it. Like, you'll just, you'll know what to do. It'll just flow out of you. So, one of the dangers that we have, especially in, in America, is thinking that it's all up to us. Like, if, it's, if I don't work hard enough, it's not going to work. If I don't do all the right things, it's gonna, everything's going to fall apart. And we can do this in all kinds of places. You know, in some sense, like, I mean, we kind of, sometimes we can learn that in school. Sometimes we learn that at work. It's just, well, you've just got to work harder. You've just, you've just got to show up. You've just got to put in the time. you just got to do it, you know. And so we just continue to believe that and think that. And so we can get really caught up in, in meeting goals and setting goals. And when we don't meet our goals, I need a new system or a new method to help me reach my goals. And, and we just kind of get all caught up in how can I just be better? How can I just get more done? You know, I, I always think it, it's really funny, and maybe you've heard this. Um, you know, a while ago, bef- before computers were like a big thing, there was, there was a, a popular summary that people said, you know, soon with the internet and with computers and with the increase in technology, humans maybe will only work like a 20-hour work week or a 10-hour work week. Everybody will just have so much more free time because computers will make everything so much easier and the internet will make everything so much faster. And you know what we've done instead is we've just figured out how can we use technology to do even more and work even more hours. So none of us are sitting here going, man, yeah, we work, I work 10 hours a week now because AI does my job. We go, no, how can I do 70 hours a week and use AI to get like 120 hours in? How can we do that? And so we continue to try to do more and more and more. And the great news about Christianity is it's not all up to you. It's never been all up to you. It's up to Jesus. And so for a lot of us, we just need to be liberated by, from the thinking that it's all on us, that we have all the weight, and if we don't do good enough, it's going to all fall apart. That's really good news. Now, you know, the last few minutes, so I don't know about you, maybe you've been at times feeling a lot of pressure to, you know, to perform, whether that's get your grades up at school or, you know, your free throw's a little off, your three-pointer's not quite good, you're, you need to take a, a stroke off your golf game, or it's, you know, the boss that works like, hey, we need to get those sales figures up, or, or, or hey, we need to work on this, or you need to learn this new skill. Uh, but for me, as a pastor the last few months, I've been feeling the pressure of performing because, you know, you know what we count at church? We count baptisms, we count attendance, we count offering, right? Those are easy things to count. And so I've fallen into the trap, as many pastors have, where you know, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, you look at the attendance numbers, you look at the offering, you look at, did we have any baptisms or not? And you just feel like, I just must, I must have done a terrible job because attendance dipped this week or the offering doesn't look so great or, you know, I didn't have a baptism this Sunday. And you just kind of feel like, man, I must, I just must not be doing a good enough job. My sermons must be good enough. I must need to change what I'm doing during the week. I just kind of started to feel that pressure. Um, and so I just realized that, man, I was getting uh, a little depressed by that. Like, oh, don't talk to me on Mondays. I, Jenna can tell you, I, I'm a, I've been a wreck the past few months. I'm like, oh, this, I'm just not doing good enough. And I would get angry and I would get frustrated. So I just realized, okay, whew, I have to remind myself of what's true. So I took a scripture passage and put it above my desk in my office 
Uh, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. And it says, What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. Isn't that a great encouraging line? You, you're, you're nothing. So you're not anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So Paul acknowledges, you know, him and this other pastor named Apollos, he's like, hey, we're nothing. God gave each of us a particular task. We do the best that we, we can at that task. But honestly, we have no control over if it grows or not. God makes it grow. And so I just had to use that to remind myself that it's not all on me. And it's not all on you. Because, you know, the Great Commission is not just a command for pastors. It's not just a command for you. It's a command for all of us. And sometimes you have one very specific task. But what's hard is you don't always know what your task is. You know, like just for example, you might be, you know, you might finally work up the courage and have that conversation with somebody and you're trying to talk to them about Jesus and you just don't feel like it really worked. And you might think, gosh, I did a terrible job. And you think to yourself, I need to go, I need to go study more apologetics. I need to go figure, figure out how to answer more questions. I need to work on my presentation. It must not have been good enough. Maybe I need a new gospel presentation or something. And you kind of beat yourself up. When what if in reality, you remember Jesus' parable of the, the, the sower and the soils? Maybe you were just talking to somebody who their heart was the path and you threw a seed out and it bounced off the concrete and it's not going anywhere. Or maybe for all you knew, you, you actually planted the seed and that person went away just eh, whatever. But then, eh, six months later, a week later, I don't know, someone else is talking to them, somebody else encourages them, you talk to them again and, you be, and something clicks. It's not all on us. God's the one who makes things grow. And we live in a culture that really values productivity, don't we? And it's easy to prove yourself with your productivity. In fact, a lot of us, I think, we fall into this trap of, are we being productive enough? And so it's, it's easy to show your value at school or at work with your grades, your sports performance, you know, showing your boss, hey, I've met these goals, I've done this, I've provided this for the company, I've done this service. Because it's easy to measure the work of your hands. Because you can point to something and say, see, look, I did that. You can say, look, I, I typed up the annual report. You can say, you know, look, that check that came in, I, I brought that into our business. You can, you can point and say, see, I, I redesigned the lobby. See, I did this, I did that. I mowed the grass on Saturday. Look, it's done, look. Here's a meal that I've prepared for the family. You can point to something and say, see, done. And you can show, see, aren't I worth something? Because I've produced something. And it's also really easy to measure the work of your head. You can show that with a diploma. You can show that with your grades. You can show that with, look at the books I've read. Look at the classes I've completed. Look at the new skills I've learned. Look at the problems I've solved. And you can feel really good about that. But the good news about Jesus and the gospel is not only that it's not all up to you, but Jesus primarily 
doesn't value what you produce. He primarily values you. He primarily actually values the work of your heart. See, that's what John chapter 15 is all about. Jesus cares way more about the value of what's going on in your heart. And he says, if you stay connected to me, the, the stuff that you can show with your hands and your head, that will take care of, your, of itself. But you've got to stay connected to me. And guess what? We're a culture that doesn't really care so much about how you're working on your heart. Because that's really hard to evaluate and measure. Right? Like, we kind of we do this at church. It's easy to count attendance and baptisms and offering. Like, those are things that's easy to count. But how do you measure how much somebody has grown in their walk with Jesus? How do you measure if that seed got planted or if that seed got watered? The only way I know how is with hindsight. You only know because you can look backwards and you can see over time how that person has grown. You can see over time how that person has changed. But that's really hard to measure, and it's hard to take that to somebody and say, see, aren't I worth it? Because look what I did. And that's why Jesus isn't so concerned about that. He just cares about, are you staying connected to me? That's what he cares about the most. And so the good news for us is that it's, it's not all up to us. Because guess what? We are all going to mess it up. Trust me. I do this every Sunday. Every Sunday I get done with my sermon, and if you were to ask me, hey, how'd you think it went? Some Sundays I'm like, you know, I think it went pretty well. I think it worked. I don't know. Some weeks I'm like, that was pretty good. I, I would have to say to myself. And other weeks I'm like, oh, that was awful. That was a complete train wreck. At least I get another shot next week, you know? And what's so funny to me is the Sundays when I'm like, that was a train wreck. Oh, my goodness. Or I'm like, man, I don't think that part connected. Everybody seemed like they were asleep or they were looking at me sideways like, what is he talking about? Or I thought that would be funny and it wasn't funny and people looked a little concerned that I said that. Those, are the, those, those happen to be the sermons and the moments where after church, one of you grabs me and says, Justin, I needed to hear that. Thank you so much. That was so encouraging. Or I'll get a call in the middle of the week. Pastor, I just want you to know, that was wonderful. That just changed how I look at the whole situation. And I'm thinking, what? That was, that was terrible. And God just has a weird way of in the moments when you feel like you didn't do a good enough job, you didn't say the right words, you're like, I just kind of stuttered and I, I think I misspoke and I, I don't know. God has a way of in those moments making something really incredible happen because he's the one who makes things grow not us. We can be faithful. We have some marching orders from Jesus. But more important than that, are you staying connected to him? That's what most, is most important. Because it's not just about going, it's also about being. It's about staying connected to Jesus. So those of you who are really observant are probably wondering what this thing has been doing over here on the side of the stage this whole Sunday morning. Furniture sliders, there you go. So sometimes in our lives, uh, we get things a little, uh, a little confused. And so this, this is the dresser of life. And so what happens is you've got a drawer, and that's, this is your Jesus drawer. And so, you know, when it's time for church or it's time to do your devotional, you get out Jesus, you get out your Bible. When it's time to be a good Christian, this stuff comes out. You know, you, you've, got your, you know, you've got your family drawer with your pictures and your memories and your traditions and your routines. 
And then you've got this. Never mind. We're not even going to get into that drawer. You don't, you don't need to see that. And you've, you've got your, your stuff in your drawers. And I don't know how many drawers you have. A church drawer, a school drawer, a work drawer, a family drawer. A, well, this side of the family drawer, that side of the family drawer. Uh, these friends, that friend. You just, you just have your drawers. And so when you need the things, you open them up and you get them out. And then, oh, shoot, that one friend's coming over. Hey, how's it going? No, no, no awkward Jesus conversations here. Or you realize somebody else is coming over, and you just, you just hide things, you mix things up. And this is why you'll say things like, well, I know, that's just, that, I know I shouldn't talk like that as a Christian, but that's just how you talk in business. That's just how you get the job done. And you won't notice the contradiction because you have a work drawer and you have a drawer for Jesus. Or you'll be at school and you'll be like, you know, it's... Yeah, we probably shouldn't talk about those people that way, but this, that's just how you fit in in 10th grade. That's just what you have to do. And you won't realize there's a contradiction because you've got your school drawer and your Jesus drawer. And you'll feel like you've got all this pressure and you feel really, really guilty to perform and to produce and to do enough, and that's because you've got a drawer for it over here and you've got another drawer for Jesus somewhere else. And following Jesus is about not having drawers. Following Jesus is about letting Jesus impact and influence every single part of your life. So you don't separate things. You go and you be. You know who you are. You know that you are a child of God. You know that Jesus said, I have all the authority. I am always with you. Do you ever think about that? Like when you're sitting at that park bench and you're watching, you're watching the kids play and there's that other young family over there and you work up the courage and you go over and you're, you're going to say, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Would, would you like to come to church with us? And they don't seem all that interested. What if you imagine Jesus is sitting on that bench next to you and he's like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. They're just, they're just not ready yet. I know what's going on in their life. It, it's okay. Or what if you imagine those times when you're just terrified? Oh, I don't, I'm afraid if I bring Jesus up, things are going to get really awkward and they're not going to like me and this could go sideways. And what if I don't have the answers? What if they, what if they ask me about, uh, about the universe and the infiniteness of the universe and I can't explain matter? And uh, Maybe I need to read more like apologetic stuff. What if Jesus, you imagine Jesus is right there next to you. He's like, I've got all the authority. Just, just go. I'm right here. It's okay. It's okay. Because the irony is, we're not really anything. But God makes things grow. And so as we follow Jesus, as he invites us to go along with him, take the freedom, take the weight off your shoulders, it's not all up to you. It's, you don't have to prove that you have value because of what you produce. You don't have to prove that no matter, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what your job title is, no matter how old or how young you are, you don't have to prove your value by producing. Jesus cares about your heart. Because we're all going to have days where we wish, man, I wish I had a do-over. That's Okay. Because Jesus really just cares about your heart. And if you stay connected to him, 
the, he'll take care of the production with you. When you know that you're a child of God, you'll know how to act like a child of God. It will take care of itself. And so if, if you're here this morning, and this is kind of new to you, like you haven't started to follow Jesus yet, part of the gospel message, the good news, is that you don't have to work so darn hard. You just don't. Jesus did all the hard work for us. He did all the heavy lifting. He went to the cross. He died to pay a, a debt. It doesn't matter how many good things you do. You cannot earn your way into being a good person. You can't work hard enough. You can't change your character enough to be a good person. Jesus did that for you. And he says, hey, just, just stay with me. Stay connected to me. I'll show you what to do. I'll teach you. I'll breathe new life into you. And so you might wonder, well, how do, then you say, well, what do I do, G Justin? How do I stay connected to Jesus? What does that look like? It can look like so, so many things. And as a church, we're going to continue to help you understand all the different ways that you can stay connected to Jesus. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's reading the Bible, but sometimes it's not reading the Bible just so you can learn new facts about the Bible. Sometimes it's about using this just to, just to let God talk to you. Sometimes it's just sitting quietly in a room, turning off all the distractions, and you just say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And you say nothing, and you just sit there. And some of you are like, that's weird. I don't sit still ever. Well, maybe you should try it. Sometimes it's, it's long hours of prayer. Sometimes it's, it's serving when you're just exhausted. Sometimes it's serving when you feel great. There are so many different ways we can stay connected to Jesus, but the point is, go and be his followers. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you so very much for you and for the gift of your presence and for the gift of your grace. And I thank you that, that you, Jesus, you don't care quite so much about what we always produce and that we don't have to prove ourselves to you through, through production and just through a bunch of hard work and, and trying to do everything the right way. I thank you that you have all of the authority and that you are always with us. And so, Jesus, as we continue to follow you, I just pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you will continue uh, to, to encourage us, that you will continue in the moments when we, we just don't feel like we have the right words, you'll give us the courage to still go. And God, I pray that, that in those moments when we're just working ourselves too hard and we're just doing way too much and we're trying to prove that we're, we're a good mom or a good dad or a good student or a good person or a good employee just by doing a bunch of stuff, you'll just help us to sit, take a moment, and remember that, that we're your child, nothing can take that away. Help us to just rest in the, in the knowledge of, of the identity you've given us. Father, we love you. And it's all this I ask in your name. Amen.